here with my longtime friend who may actually be my real mother. Uh, her name is Dee Barker, weight loss expert, exercise expert. She has done research for the past 30 years on body composition, weight loss, health, wellness, and a whole lot more. So Dee, why don't you tell the people what is going on? All right. Hey, Zach. Great to be here. Thank you. Um, so I'll just tell you a little bit about my background. Cool. Um, give me some credibility to the fact that I'm an expert in this field. Um, I have been in the health and wellness space for, I don't even want to say, uh, over 30 years. You know, like when dinosaurs ruled the earth. And you're only 25 years old. And I'm only 25. I know. How did that happen? Um, but I started off in nursing. So I, I've always been interested in healthcare in some degree. But, you know, once I got into the nursing space, I really saw a a need at that time for preventative health. And back when dinosaurs ruled the earth, uh, there weren't a lot of options for people to have preventative health. So um, so I got in, involved with a company called Elaine Powers. It was the very first national health club chain. Uh, it was specifically for women. It was the very first women's national health club chain. And I eventually became uh, a vice president of operations for them. I headed up their East Coast division and I loved it. Uh, and it was during a period of time when, quite frankly, all the research was being done um, in the weight loss and exercise space. So I really got to grow up in the industry. And so I've watched it evolve mm -hmm. since uh, 1979. Um, uh, 1985, I had a different vision for where I saw the industry was going. So. I went out on my own, left that corporate job, and I opened uh, three health clubs um, that are all were all still in business. They were sold uh, over the course of the last ten years, and um, and I also did a couple of things on the side. I actually hosted and developed the very first exercise video for transplant recipients, and that was really cool. I did a heart, a lung, a kidney. Um, Heart, lung, kidney, and um, hmm, what was the other one? I can't remember. But anyway. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? I did not know that. I did. It's called Stars for Life. Um, so, and those, uh, I worked with all those transplant teams to create an exercise program for people that awesome. were coming out of transplant and wanting to live a healthy lifestyle afterwards and start exercising. Sweet. Uh, and now yeah. I'm uh, the CEO of a startup called uh, Better Body Image, and we have created a weight loss and wellness technology app. So obviously you have a little bit of a passion for weight loss and fitness. Where did that, where did that come from for you? You know, I, I grew up on a farm uh, in North Carolina, so it was a working farm, so I've always been active. Um, but once I, you know, started working for Elaine Powers and I saw the benefit and how being healthier and being focused on your health and wellness changed people's lives it motivated me so i wanted to continue in that on that career path because i thought that i could offer not only my knowledge and my expertise but you know help motivate people to you know take charge of their life and be healthier because you're the only person that can control that so that's that's my motivation and that played when you went, you know, when you started in nursing too, that had to be a, the same mindset too, right? Just want to help people. 
Yeah, and, the, and you know, when I was in nursing, one of the things I noticed is that, well, that was back before, you know, you got sent to rehab or you got up after a, after a surgical procedure. So people were left in their beds yeah. and they just deteriorated. And I saw so many opportunities there where, wait a minute, if this person had been in better health coming into this surgery, they would be up and walking right now. So that was really my motivation is I realized that, you know, if we can take better care of ourselves going into any type of situation like that, then you're just going to be healthier coming out of it. So, um, so it's not just about, you know, everyday life feeling good. It's also about the quality of your life. And, you know, God forbid if something should happen to you and you have to have a surgical procedure, you want to make sure that you're healthy going in so that you can be healthy coming out. Yeah, yeah. Before we move on, I do want to talk about the whole concept of preventative health and pre- okay. preventative exercise because I think that's something that's still lost on people now. And even when you started, that was your motivation. You saw that as early as back then. And um, you know, I think we're we're backwards how we view exercise and medicine and things. You know, we always want to prescribe a pill for a for a problem instead of nutrition and exercise for a problem or once the problem's already there, then we start working out or then we start trying to take care of it. Right. Right. And right. that's still, it's probably worse today than oh, it way was worse. back then. Yeah, way worse. You know, back, well, first of all, we didn't have all of the technology back then and we didn't have all the med- medical um, expertise back then to, you know, create this solution for that problem. So, um, you know, if you think about the body as a whole, Zach, it, it was, it's, it's a perfect entity. It's just when you think about how amazing our bodies are, what they, all the intricacies of it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is one of the things when I went to school and I got involved in, in the exercise science and, and the physiology and how everything kind of has to work together. Your body actually has the ability to heal itself given the right um, pathway. Mm-hmm. For example, if you break your arm, your body will heal. Now, it might not heal exactly the way you want it, but the body will calcify, the bone will calcify, and it will eventually heal. Um, so the idea is if we take all the necessary steps to make sure that our bodies are as good as they can possibly be, then when something does happen, the body's going to take its first step to start healing it. And then if, God forbid, it's something that your body can't handle by itself, then, of course, there's a need for modern medicine and technology and science to step in. But, you know, you're right about one thing. The first thing that happens when something goes wrong with us is we run to the doctors or we, you know, we run online to see what we can take or do to mm-hmm. fix that problem whether, rather than looking at what can my body do mm-hmm. to fix this problem? How can I help my body fix this problem? Do you think that's just human nature? Because we just don't want to work hard for it. We want to take a pill and make it easier. So we have to change the behavior, the thoughts going into that. I think it's what's been preached to us from pharmaceutical companies and medical, some medical professionals or, you know, that benefit from uh, you coming to see them or you taking a pill. So, you know, if you look at the number of uh, commercials on TV right now, almost... 70% are some type of medication and it's really interesting so that so whereas we never advertised medication to the consumer before right you went to your doctor and your doctor said hey I think this 
particular prescription might be best for you, right? Yeah. And you believed your doctor and you trusted that they knew what they were doing. Now, that's all gone. The medications are advertised directly to the consumer. So the consumer can go now and say to their doctor, I want to take this drug sure. or I want to take that drug. Um, so that's way different than it used to be. That's why so many people are on all these different medications is because they have access to them. Um, and number two, the other thing that I've noticed is almost on every single um, medication, they'll use a little tagline. Uh, you may lose weight taking this medication. So right. if you lose, if you see that you're losing too much weight, consult your doctor. Well, that right there is... Uh, a subliminal message to to the consumer like oh like I can get on this drug and I can do, I don't have to do anything about my weight I can use this drug and maybe I'll lose weight taking it which we all know isn't the case for sure and that's how powerful the message of weight loss is too that they overlook all the side effects listed after weight loss like oh your head will blow up <laughs> and, you, you know like and every, yeah. all the laundry lists of defects that you can get from right right you'll be in the bathroom for three days yeah, yeah. And people don't give a shit they're like right. I want to lose weight so bad so why, why do we want to lose weight so bad well, first of all, because we don't want to take responsibility for what we want to do. Yeah. You know, it is human nature to want to indulge and overindulge. Mm -hmm. You know, if we like something, then more of it is better, right? If you like sure. chocolate, then more chocolate is better. Sure. Uh, if you like to eat, then eating more often is better. So that's that's our society, and that's kind of always been human nature. I mean, we, I mean, gluttony is actually goes all the way back to the biblical scriptures, you know. Sure. Um, it's one of those seven de deadly sins that you're not uh -huh. supposed to, to do, yeah. is to be a glutton. And when we're a society of, I hate glutton. to say it, but we're a society of gluttons. Yeah. We, uh, it's bigger portions, it's, it's uh, giant size, everything, and getting more food for your buck. Now, instead of, uh, you know, one sandwich for a dollar, you can get two sandwiches for a dollar. Right. So, and consumers want to do that. So they want that lifestyle, but they don't want to do anything to um, change what happens to your body when you subscribe to that lifestyle. So they're looking for, how can I live this lifestyle and get an easy fix? My easy fix would be take this pill, have bypass surgery. I mean, think about the people that actually go in and have their stomach stapled sure. to, or have their stomach portions of it removed because they can't stop eating because yeah. they don't have that willpower. They're willing to go under the knife and risk even death to, that's how severe it is. It is um, you know, that leads me to something, you know, I wanted to talk about too in terms of the point of no return. Mm -hmm. You know, there gets to a there. You know, we we don't just wake up and gain a hundred pounds. It just doesn't happen overnight. Right. It takes a long period of time for your body to accept that weight and to function normally on it. So, let's say it takes five years or ten years to gain fifty or a hundred pounds. Right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't take five or ten years to take it off. And that's what people need to understand. They can take it off in, in a fraction of that time if they commit themselves to, first of all, what do I have to change in my life in order to lose this weight? And it's all about calories in, calories out, mm -hmm. bottom line. 
the only proven method of weight loss is sensible eating and sensible activity. Right. So I tell people a lot of times when I'm consulting them, they're like, I don't know how I got so fat. And my response to them, Zach, is you're not fat. That doesn't define you as a person. You have fat and you have more fat than your body needs because our body does need a certain amount of fat. So you have too much of it. But that's not who you are as a person. You're not a fat person. You're a person who has extra fat. So if you look at that way, you're in control of that. I like that. I've never heard that before. I'm going to take that. I'm going to steal that one. You can steal I'm it. Give you, I'm going to give you credit, but I'm going I'm to steal it. You can steal is it. it. Speaking of, you know, food, the food industry, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, all that, all that shit, is it even possible to be morbidly obese like you see many Americans are today without processed food? Like if you just ate sensibly, if you ate protein, natural, naturally occurring carbs like potatoes, veggies, fruits, nuts, is it even possible to be 400 pounds? Uh, the only way that would be possible is if there was some genetic disorder right. where your brain just kind of said to your body, "Don't burn any calories," or or or. And there is a there is a uh, there are diseases where the brain does not tell the body that it's full. So um, and those people just continue to eat and eat and eat because they yeah, are not getting a full filling. There's other there's depression. Yeah. Depression causes people to sometimes overeat, um, sometimes undereat. So that's another uh, physiological mm. um, reason. But that being said, barring that you're not suffering from any physiological or, or uh, psychological mm. disorders, no. There is no way you can be more morbidly obese. Mm. If you look at nature, if you look at the world, and you look at all of the mammals out in the world, None of them are morbidly obese, except the ones that we're feeding to be fatter. Definitely. So, but just left on their own out in the wild, of course there wouldn't be. And that's, and we're just like that too. I mean, that's how, you know, protein shouldn't be uh, massively available to us, right? Because right. if we were out in the wild, we'd have to actually go out and catch, you know, uh, fish, or we'd have to go out and kill an animal in order to to have protein, right. or find nuts. So that all takes a process, you know. So I always say, um, you know, if it doesn't grow on a tree, if it doesn't grow in a bush, if it doesn't swim in the ocean or walk on the earth, mm-hmm. it's probably not okay to eat. And I think the fitness industry is just as guilty as the pharmaceutical and the food industry for complicating that problem and trying to sell us other shit rather than just say that. Which we'll talk about more what you're doing specifically, but that's what I like about what you're doing to combat all that. Well, what I'm trying to do, Zach, and you're so right, is we need to get back to the basics. Sure. We need to cut through, as you would say, all the BS sure. and just, you know, look at, you know, there's trillions of dollars being being spent and made in the weight loss space. Yeah. So that's the motivation, you know, um, Companies know that they can sell a product if they say it causes weight loss, mm-hmm. they're going to make millions of dollars. They don't care. Right. They care about how much money they're making. They don't care that this product is actually contributing to obesity or contributing to diabetes and and um, mortality. So, uh, what I'm trying to do is reverse that order. I'm trying to come at this with 
let's go all the way back before all of this noise was in the space. And um, to that point, if you think about, I don't know, you're really young, but when dinosaurs ruled the earth when I was younger, you know, we used to go to um, like the county fair, right? And there was all these different, then there were these freak shows, right? Okay. And do you know what one of the pers- the one of the features in the freak show was? It was like a, the most heaviest the person. Fat the fat lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fat lady was a freak in the freak show, and people would actually go and gawk at. I mean, I know this is terrible to say, but that's... It's real. That's what happened. Sure. And she probably wasn't that fat by today's standards. Oh, no. I mean, they were like 300 pounds, yeah. right? Or yeah. 250 pounds. Yeah. And we would go there because you know why? We didn't see that. Right, exactly. That wasn't something you saw walking on the earth every single day or walking in the mall or on their scooters in the giant eagle. Right. I mean, now it's just, it's accepted. It's accepted that, okay, you're so heavy that you can't even walk anymore and you need a scooter. And I and, and, and honestly, that's the main reason most people are using those scooters. It's not because they have yeah. leg problems. It's because their legs can't hold them up anymore. Well, that comes from processed food that we didn't have when you were a kid and, you know, we didn't have medication, we didn't have all this stuff. I think I come at it from a punk rock perspective because that's just who I am. I think we're, that it's all, they're all in cahoots. We're a society of fucking addicts, really. Yeah. Right? We're addicted to food. We're addicted to alcohol. We're addicted to the internet. We're addicted to Netflix sitting down eating ice cream and then not wanting to do anything about it. And they know that and they control that and they know they can make a lot of money on that. Yeah. Even in the even the fitness industry that sells themselves as, oh, we're good. We're going to help you lose weight. They're selling flesh. They're selling, we're going to make you lose weight. We're not going to make you happy. We don't care about any of that stuff. Right. You know? And because if you lose weight, we think you're going to be happy. Sure. Right. But, you know, we all know that. That's why exactly. many of us trainers with six packs are really depressed. <laughs> 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 not, not speaking from personal experience at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah that's true but that's why I love you and I love what you're doing because you come at it from a wholesome just really caring about people perspective and you've been around long enough knock on you old to see the shit come and go yeah yeah it's really sad it's sad for me because you know when I started in the fitness industry um, I mean once in a while I would see somebody who you know was 50 pounds or 100 pounds overweight and I mean now, and that was very uncommon. I mean, most people had, you know, maybe 10 or 15 pounds to lose and they mm-hmm. would start on an exercise program and they would start on a sensible eating program and, and they could lose it. But, you know, like when I was talking about the point of no return, when you get to that point where you're 50 pounds overweight, and I, according to my research, that's where it starts. When you get to a 50 pound weight gain, you are almost at the point of no return. Because, and especially as you age, Mm-hmm. because now you're not as active, your your body's kind of accepted that extra weight, and right. then, you know, people don't even realize it, but the average consumer puts on about 10 pounds a year. Mm-hmm. So you don't really feel that weight. You don't feel, it's not 10 pounds all at once. I mean, obviously, if that happened, it would be an eye-opener, right? If you woke up one day and you were 10 pounds heavier, you'd feel like crap, right? Mm-hmm. But because your body is perfect, it allows you to kind of gain that weight slowly and mm-hmm. it, everything functions okay. And then the next year it's another 10 pounds. And before you know it, you're 50 pounds overweight. And you go, what happened? How did I get like this? Right? Yeah. Because now you're looking in the mirror and you're going, okay, now what do I do? 
So what what is the what is your best advice for somebody in that that finds themselves in that position? They wake up one day, I'm fifty to hundred pounds overweight. Like, where do I even start? You know, you can Google whatever and get a million products and a million diets and a million everything thrown at you. Yeah. So what, what's the sensible approach? The sensible approach is to, is to first of all change your mindset, and it's like okay, I got here. It took me five years to get here. It realistically, it's not going to take me five years to get it off. And even if it did, so what, right? Sure. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's easy. I mean, the average weight loss, healthy weight loss, is about a pound to, to a pound and a half a week um, by just changing your diet and increasing your caloric expenditure. You don't have to add anything. And I, I love it when people say, "Oh, my metabolism is so slow. It's slow." That doesn't happen. That's a myth. You know, your metabolism doesn't slow down, you know, just because you turn 40 years old. Your yeah. metabolism is the same as every other 40-year-old out there. It's yeah. a physiological process. Right. Um, it's that you're eating more processed foods. Right. You're not as active. And now you can't, and as you, at 40, you are not as active as you are at 20. Right. And so, therefore, you can't eat the same way that you did when you were 20. So, um, you know, so anyway, getting back to your question, what do you do? The first thing is you have to make a decision. I want to change my life. I want to be healthier. And if you can really make that claim to yourself, then you need to go and find um, a realistic, um, homeopathic way of doing that. And I guarantee you, if people did that, they would be way more successful. There's a reason why personal trainers, people who use personal trainers are 70% more successful at losing weight and getting in shape than people who try to do it on their own, right? Right. Because you're going to a professional, Yeah. right? And you, someone holds you accountable. Right. I, I want to change my hairstyle. I wouldn't dream of going and just looking at a magazine and cutting my hair, yeah. right? I'd go to a professional. So if you really want to lose weight, and you really want to, you know, make that decision, then find a professional and do the research. You know, find somebody who has experience. Find somebody who has, you know, has gone to school and gotten some kind of knowledge. And find somebody who's been doing it for a while that has some credibility to them. Like you. And... Well, I, you know, and I surround myself um, with people who are just like that, right. like you, right. you know, so, you know, I make sure that in all of my uh, businesses that I've had, I've always had trainers that, and they've always been with me for a long time because we're family, but sure. we all have the same mindset, Absolutely. you know, they're all professionals and they, and they are there because they truly want to help people. Absolutely. So surprisingly, the answer is not a $4,000 mirror that Lululemon puts out <laughs> that makes you, <laughs> that makes you, you do jumping jacks. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's going to hang on your wall and, you know, you're just going to look at it after about three months of... Three weeks. Or like maybe it. three, yeah, yeah, maybe three weeks, yeah. Well, building on that, you know, that's just one example of a totally ridiculous product and a trend that will pass, you know, and, you know, you've been in the game for quite a while. I've seen so a lot of them. What have you seen come and go in the world of either just products or fads, misinformation, the, you know, I'm, we could be here for probably three hours talking about that. Absolutely. Well, the first thing, I mean, if you look at what's come and gone, okay, what's what's been there is now recycled. You know, when I started in the industry a long time ago, Atkins was a big diet plan and then it totally went away right yeah. but then there was this surge in obesity so now it's back again right okay. so the yeah. whole high protein low carbohydrate keto, keto. so um, 
I think those, um, the, this, the diet plans that are around will be probably around forever. There's always going to be some new way of helping people decrease calories. And that's really all those diet plans are. No matter how you look at it or how you spin it, it's amount, if you go on the keto diet or you go on the um, uh, Atkins diet or whatever, you're simply changing the amount of caloric content, right, yeah. that you're taking in. Right. So it's calories in, calories out. But if right. going on a systematic program like that and having like all your meals kind of planned out for you helps you maintain that, then right. that's okay. But the bottom line is you can't, it's not sustainable. You right. can't live like that your whole life. Right. So at some point in time, you have to kind of wean yourself and understand, okay, I got to do this on my own. Um, some of the things that I've seen, you know, look at all the diet pills that were out years ago that right. people were dying They're from. Illegal now, yeah. That are illegal, right? So that's all gone. But you know what? Now they have prescriptions that do the same thing. And they have surgeries that do the same thing. So I think as long as consumers are willing to spend money on weight loss, you're always going to have companies out there that are going to promise you the world. Why do people buy it though? You know, why do people buy the seven minute abs belt or something? Because they, they want to believe it. Recycled. I know. Zach, they want to believe it. I want to believe it too. Hey, if there was a magic pill out there that I could take every day and feel great and feel good about myself and be healthy and uh, look my best and feel my best, you know, I, I have to say I might be very tempted to do that. Yeah. But it doesn't exist, and it yeah. never will. Uh, you cannot mess with Mother Nature. You can't alter and change your body through chemical uh, substances yeah. or forms. You have to do it physiologically and psychologically. And there's a lot of misinformation out there that try to convince people otherwise. So, but let's dive into that can okay. of worms. The uh, misinformation has been a hot topic recently. Speaking, you know, specifically of the February 2021 Cosmopolitan magazine article, which you brought to my attention, featuring a few plus-size women with the words "This is healthy" next to their photos. Uh, you know, that could be controversial. But what do you have to say about that? Well, first of all, that's true. It could be healthy. At, at that point in their life, you know, if you're 20, 25 years old, which most of those models are probably younger, um, I don't know what their ages are, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can be a plus size person probably at 20 or 25 or maybe even at 30 and still have all the, the health vitality. Like in other words, your, your blood pressure could be normal. Your, your stats could be normal, normal, your cholesterol, that could be all good, right? Mm -hmm. But it's about the quality of your life going forward. And it's about how much that weight is going to impact you 20 years from now. Remember, we were talking about the point of no return. That person who's 50 pounds overweight and feels healthy at 25 is not going to be healthy at 55. They're not going to have good cholesterol numbers. They're going to have high blood pressure. And they're probably going to be diabetic. So those issues are all going to happen. In addition, carrying that extra weight around on their joints for that next 20 years is going to impact their knees and their hips. So they are going to be the people that are in there getting their knees replaced and their hips replaced. So while I think it's great if you're a plus size person and you, I, want, I think it's great for you to feel good about yourself. You should feel, no matter what size you are, feel good about yourself. But is that healthy going forward? I've never seen to this day 
a person who's 50 to 100 pounds overweight who is healthy. And you've seen a lot, I'm willing to bet. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a lot. I mean, when I say they might feel healthy, yeah. you know, but diabetes, for example, is a silent killer. Definitely. You know, so Absolutely. you don't even feel the effects of it until it's too late, till you've got organ damage. You're, you're not feeling that, that, um, that your knees are collapsing until they actually collapse. So, yeah, you can feel healthy, but it's physiologically not possible to be healthy. Well, especially if it's in, like, Cosmopolitan magazine. I feel like the issue with that is, like, we sell health based on visuals only. You know, like, well, this chick looks pretty good, 50 pounds overweight. She must be healthy. Or even on the flip side of that, the guy on the cover of Muscular Development that is, like, shredded in 250 pounds that's about to die physiologically, you know, on a bodybuilding stage. We just see people... At face value and at our perception of society is that's healthy. Right, you know? right. So because it looks good to them. It looks good. You know, yeah. so, so, you know, which is one of the reasons why I got into the visualization space. Yes, exactly. um, You know, looking, working with people for the last 40 years, Zach, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I did early on in my career is I wanted people not just to have just that visual. I wanted to have, I wanted them to see physiologically how their body was changing through numbers because really weight loss is about math right it's about Mm -hmm. the amount of heat that it takes you know to produce uh, or amount of uh, heat that it takes to produce a calorie right Right. that's what a calorie is Um, so it's just about how many numbers are here and how many numbers are there so if I'm looking you know over the course of the last 40 years what I did was I showed people the numbers Here's what your waist measurement is. Here's what your um, arm measurement is. Here's what your chest. So I took data points from eight points on all of my clients over the last 40 years of their body. And every six weeks, I would remeasure them. So I could actually show them how their body was changing. Even if they weren't losing weight, Mm -hmm. they were seeing the benefit of the exercise and the sensible eating because they were seeing that their body composition was changing. And that was very motivating. So that's a visual aspect that I started back in 1985. And because of that, I was able to increase the retention rate for people uh, doing an exercise or diet program to 70%, which the national average is like 15, 17%. So, and because people saw results, they got motivated. And when they got motivated, they continued. And before long, their behavior changed. Their life changed. I would see after like a 12 to 16 week period of time, now that person, they would not think of not exercising. They wouldn't think of going and being a glutton and just eating whatever they wanted. Their mindset changed. And when your mindset changed, your life changes. So I took that data and about five years ago, we built a database, and, we, and it houses all of that body change data. And we created a visual technology called View to Lose. Um, it's a free app in the App Store. And um, you can actually take a picture of yourself, and that picture will go to our database, and it will find you. It'll find your height, your current age, your weight, somebody just like you who lost anywhere from eight to 15 pounds in six weeks. And then based on what your goal is, which it can only be eight to 15 pounds um, in six weeks, 
Because that's a realistic goal. That's a realistic goal. Sure. And it'll apply that math to your body, and it returns that picture to you within seconds and shows you how you're going to look in the future. So it's a realistic view of how your particular body is going to change. And I think that's number one. If people have more of a real, what you just said, if people have more of a realistic um, idea of how their body can change, you're not going to look like that supermodel, you know, right. or, and you're not going to look like the guy shredded on muscle, men's muscle magazine. Right. You're going to look like you, but you're going to look like you with how you would look with 15 pound weight loss. And then it will actually project out so that you can continue to see every six weeks how your body's going to change. But the great thing is it's got AI, so it actually learns your body. So when you take that first picture and it projects you how you're going to look, in six weeks that app prompts you to take another picture and actually enter your results. Now it learns how your body actually did change. So it can, the math will, the body composition will be different. So now as you go forward, it will be able to project out even more accurately. And this is really the future of where fitness is going with all this, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. It Hopefully. Is. I mean, look at all these products coming out now, especially at this this time with the pandemic and everybody's on the on Zoom and everybody's apps and you know all the mm -hmm. great stuff is coming out. So I think now is the best time that people should be aware to, of this. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a digital society right now, and just like you yeah. said, people are buying mirrors to exercise in front of them, or yeah. Peloton. You know, you've got you know you're you're looking outside as you're riding your bike, and I think those are all great sources. You know, visualization for people to use and help motivate people to to stick with what they're doing. But in in why are we doing it? Right, we're doing it. The big reason, the big picture, is that we're getting healthier. But in the person's mind, in the consumer's mind, it's, I'm going to look better, right? Right. That's what View to Lose is all about. Okay. The big picture is you're going to get healthier because you're losing weight. Mm -hmm. But the reality is the consumer can actually see that happen before it happens. So therefore, they're going to be motivated. How did you even think about creating this? What's the process like when somebody wants to download it and go through all that, could you just talk a little bit? I know, that? isn't that crazy? I mean, I have no technology background. I mean, literally, I couldn't even... You're a I, I, I couldn't even, like, connect my remote to the TV. So I have... So that is definitely... And you know that. I ask you to do everything. <laughs> That's technical. <laughs> but you know what happened? One day, um, I used to get a lot of referrals from um, doctors um, for bariatric surgery. And so physicians would send their patients to me to get them started on an exercise program before surgery. Um, because remember, this is someone's last resort, right? They yeah. can't do it on their own. They're going to have to go and go under the knife. Cool. So, um, so I would get them started so that when they came out of surgery, it wasn't like, okay, now you got to start on an exercise program. So anyway, I'm talking to this young lady. Her name actually happened to be Rachel. And she was at least 100 pounds overweight. I would say probably about 120. And um, she was a very young girl in her 30s. And she's sitting in front of me. You know, I do evaluations with my, uh, with my customers. Yeah. And she starts crying right, right in the middle of the evaluation. And she goes, I don't want to have this surgery. And she goes, but I've tried everything to lose weight. I've tried Every diet, Nutrisystem, Weight Watchers, she just went through the whole uh, shebang. Yeah. And she said, I've tried diet pills, and I lost weight and gained more back. Yeah. 
And she goes, I've lost weight. And every time I lose weight, I gain more back after I lost weight. Because guess what? She maybe did something that promised what you said, quick results. And it, she didn't change her lifestyle, right? So I just looked at her and I felt so sad for her. And I just said, you know what, Rachel? Because, Zach, I could actually look at her and I could see how her body would look thinner. Because I've measured so many people for so many years. I can walk down the mall and and do it. Um, So I just had this vision of her as a thinner person and a healthier person. And I just said that to her. Gosh, Rachel, if you could see what I could see. If you could get through my eyes and see how your body could change and look healthier. You know, I think you could really do this on your own. And that was it. I went, wait a minute. And I was sitting in my office with her, and this light bulb went off, and I went, I have been collecting body change data since 1985. So this was in, you know, 2015 when this happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I can see how her body would change, what if she could see it? And that was the day that the technology was kind of born in my head, and I ran out, and I found one of uh, our... One of my clients that was a graphic designer, and I said, listen, I need to talk to you. I need you to draw this for me. And so I, I, here's what I have in my head. Some kind of technology that you could take a picture and you could add data to it, and it would show you what you would look like. And that was, um, that was five years ago. Uh, took a while to, first of all, to figure out whether or not that technology even existed which it didn't, and in 2018, I was granted a patent on the technology. And of course, I had to get someone to actually see my vision. I had to get a, a developer, somebody who understood how to code you know, that type of idea, and they had to see my vision, and I found that person. And so it was kind of like a journey that just kind of led itself. Everything yeah. fell into place, and uh, we launched um, our our prototype in 2019. Um, we did some pilots. Uh, we saw tremendous results from it. And then now we went back and created a consumer version of the product. So we're getting ready. We're making some updates to it right now, but we will be launching the final version around February 1st. So it's in the app stores right now. Um, the visualization is called View to Lose, and you can download it. And everything that's there is our technology, but we're going to add some extra features uh, that make it, uh, we're going to add some measuring features so that the user can actually take their own measurements, just like I did, and see how they're changing. Um, and then we're adding some user-friendly um, aspects to it to make it a little more, you know, user, user-facing so do they take a picture of themselves and that's how it they works? do like that's a selfie ex- type thing? that's exactly what happens right. um, you download the app you go through a brief profile okay. and you um, so that we can match your profile and then the app itself prompts you to take a picture and you can do a selfie mode um, it has an automatic countdown it has audio and visual instructions um, or you can get somebody to take a picture of you and then that picture then goes to our database where all of our intellectual pro- property is housed and then returns that picture to you. So you can see into the future and see how your body will change no matter what path you're taking, whether or not you're going to diet, mm-hmm. whether or not you're exercising, or whether or not you're doing both. 
it will show you how your body's going to change. And we're going to collect that information so that we can, two years, three years from now, what you, what you and I are talking about, all the noise in the space, sure. we can actually cut through that because we'll have data that actually shows this person did this and this is how their body looked. So all the shredding that you see that happens in like two weeks, there's not going to be any data that supports right. that that actually happens. Or if, um, you know, this program comes out and says you can lose 15 pounds or 20 pounds in two weeks um, using this diet or this prescription, we're going to actually have data that shows whether or not that's actually true or not. And we're going to have data that shows how that person's body actually changed in response to what they're doing. We're going to collect the path that this person is taking. So if I download the app, I may say, okay, I'm going to do the Atkins diet. I punch that, that I'm doing the Atkins diet. I take a picture six weeks from now. The app compares my projected to my actual, and it collects the data. Well, so it's I AI. Think, I think the coolest thing about your product is that it's based on the data that you personally have collected. Like I've, I've seen, I've lifted the trunk full of your data. <laughs> the 30, the 30 years, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that like, you actually have lots and lots of evidence to back it up. We actually have, as far as I know, I have the only body change database in the world. That's what I was And I certainly have the largest. Definitely. Yeah. So there you go. If anybody's questioning that, you actually have a physical database to back it up where all these products don't or have studies, you know, bullshit studies that were funded by themselves or whatever to prove their point, which a lot of people are totally disillusioned to that as well. Right. um, the app also gives you your own personal training program as well, right? It will. It's the first version. Uh, this version will not have that feature in it, um, but the next version that will be okay. out probably in the spring will have a training program based on your body type. So in other words, when okay. I was when I was collecting and putting the data in, I did find that certain programs, type of programs, and when I say type of programs, I'm talking like cardiovascular programs, weight training programs. Yeah. Um, worked differently for different body types. So we entered that information into the database. So now if, you, if you're this body type, you can actually get a program that's database proven to work best for your particular body type. Even just knowing your body type, I feel like is one of the more helpful things too because so many people, uh, you know, cl- our clients, as you know, most of them have no idea that there are even such things as more than one or two body types. Correct. Right. You know, so they think everybody looks just like them. Everyone looks just like them. <laughs> every diet works the same and every, you know, and we're all, we're all so different. So even, um, even that aspect's huge, right? It can narrow down to you and tailor it to you versus like, this is a blanket for everybody. You know, that's so interesting um, too. When I was putting the data in the database, one of the things I did find also is that certain body types have certain eating habits. That was another thing that happened. Like, for example, you know, the uh, mesoendomorph is kind of like the the body type that is kind of like, we'll call it, I call it the potato shape because it's very hardy. We used to call it stocky. That's not the correct uh, uh, verbiage today. But it's kind of like that person who is very muscular and they've added fat on top of their muscles. So they're big. Like like the football player. The football player, yeah. So, and that particular body type, um, tends, by the way, to not be hungry uh, all day. They, they That particular body type does not get up with hunger in their belly in the morning. Um, they can actually go all day. They're pretty high energy, too. They can actually go all day. 
because think about the amount of energy that they have in their body, right? That's sure. stored in their fat cell. Sure. So, um, so they can go all day without eating, but what they tend to do is when they do eat, they tend to they hammer it. They hammer it. Right. And so, and that really messes with the body's whole physiological system because if you think about your body as a, just think about it as a fuel burning stove, right? Okay. If I throw a little bit of logs, a little bit of fuel, so to speak, on that fire periodically throughout the day, it just burns steady all day, right? Mm. There's no highs or lows. But if I let that burn bright and then it just, as the day goes on, fizzles out, fizzles out, fizzles out, and then I dump a bunch of logs on it at, at one time, what happens? Yeah, it's it goes out. It goes and it takes a long time for that heat to start right. and burning again. So... Um, so that's one of that, that's just a data point that I that's interesting that came from you know my research that I think a lot of people don't understand and when I'm talking to those people and I say I bet you don't eat all day they go how do you know that and I go well because I have data that supports that your body type that's you know whereas someone like you you know the more you know linear people they're hungry all <laughs> they're hungry all the time and right. they tend to eat little bits all the time which is the healthiest way. To do it, I mean that's how most animals eat, right? They just yeah. graze all day. Well, I'm be interested to hear what you say on this. I've heard the flip side of that argument as well—that it's more in line with our ancestral diet to like feast all out, and then like because because that simulates like we're hunting all day, you know. It's not like we have time as a tribal men and women to like make a salad and like you know eat six times a day every three hours, like we ate when we had like the animal dead in front of us and then we feasted on it and then like it could be another day before we, we have that again. You're absolutely right when it comes to proteins like that. Okay. But when it comes to like if you're out, you know, um, I mean there's all kinds of fruits and vegetables that you can nush on all day long because that's available to us 20. We don't have to go okay. out and hunt for that, right? We right. just go pick an apple off a tree. Sure. Um, so that to that point, that is the sound physiological reasoning by why we shouldn't have loads of protein at one time. Um, we could eat that way and you could, that would be probably the, the most natural way to eat is just like eat a big thick steak and then don't eat any, anything like that for probably seven days and just eat, you right. know, other forms of, you know, minor protein like fish or chicken and, right. and fruits and vegetables that, and you could, you could be very healthy on that. Um, but society has set it up that we eat, you know, socially three meals a day. I don't even know where that came from. Right. You know, I guess it came from, you know, people wanting to sit around a table and have a family community. Mm -hmm. um, because generally speaking, that's really not how our bodies work. So, I mean, when you get up in the morning, it's time for some food, period. Right. And then, you know, as you go through the day and you're active and you're doing things, it's time to refuel. And that's how it should work. But we don't, our society doesn't work like that. We get up and go to work and we sit all day and we're in front of a computer and we're not moving and then it's lunchtime so we're tired so we eat carbohydrates because that gives us quick energy and then those carbohydrates are gone in about 45 minutes to an hour and so now we need more food. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's a catch-22. I mean, we live in a world that doesn't lend itself to eating healthy. Or even being really active for most of us. Because that's how they make money. Because that's how they make money. Right. Yep.
and they could even take that as far as the food pyramid, right? We're supposed to, you know, they preached to us in school that we were supposed to have like 10 servings of whole grains a day. Like that's such bullshit. Right. And that's all been changed too now. Yeah. You know, there's so many things out there, Zach, that we don't even know where it came from. Right. Like the 5,000 steps a day. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Um, but I know it's not, I mean, yeah, should you walk 5,000 steps a day? Heck yeah, you should walk all day. You should walk 20,000 steps a day. Sure. We're, we have legs because that's what we're meant to do. Right. We're not meant to get in a car and drive everywhere. We're meant to walk. Right. I always tell people, they always say, oh, I did 10,000 steps today. I go, well, how many of them counted? There you go. Right? right. Don't count your steps. It's like you make your steps. baseline. Yeah, make yeah. your steps count. Right. How many of those steps exercised your heart? How many of those steps taxed your legs? How many of those steps, you know, uh, were outdoors, yeah. right? Um, don't tell me you did 10,000 steps and you walked around your office all day. That's, you know, that's not the healthy step. Right. What do you think about the intermittent fasting and, like, time-restricted eating and all that stuff? There's probably some, there's probably, a, well, not some, there is some science to that, you yeah. know, that we, as from a physiological being would go for days without eating and that our bodies would adapt to that and start burning fat as a fuel source. Right. Um, if you think of a polar bear, you know, they go into hibernation for what, six months? Sure. Right. When they come out, they're not a skinny polar bear. Sure. Their body adapts to the fact that there's no uh, food coming in for that period of time and it's kind of that slow burn process. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, if it works for somebody and that's how they feel they can sustain mm -hmm. and eat like that for the rest of their life, mm -hmm. um, I guess it would be okay. Uh, there's nothing, the it depends on the person. There's nothing, um, there's nothing that wrong with that. Okay. Absolutely. Sometimes I do that myself. Like in other words, if I've had my last meal at seven in the evening, I, I feel better if I don't eat anything until seven, you know, the next day. Right. Um, or if I've eaten at seven o'clock in the morning, that's different because I'm active, so I want to kind of fuel my body during the day. I don't want to go all day without eating anything. So the fasting part makes sense because if you do it at night, that's when you should be fasting anyway. Right. And it, like from a physiological standpoint, it gives your body time. It gives your body a break from digesting food, which Correct. takes so much energy to Correct. actually heal yourself, which goes back to what we said at the beginning of this conversation, preventative you know, nutrition and diet. You know, right. Your body's smart. It can take care of itself if you stop just shoving shit in it for five seconds and like let it go. It'll take care of itself. Well, and that's the other thing too that you're uh, about your body and that w what I find fascinating. I, w I mean, I would just love to spend the rest of my life just researching all the kind of stuff that goes on in your body. And yeah. but um, you know, it's interesting too about that per se is that we don't get enough sleep, and that's a lot of the reason why we're overweight too. Jeez. We're we're eating way longer periods of time than we should naturally. I mean, when the sun goes down, it's time to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to sleep. All the world goes to sleep when the sun goes down, except humans. Yeah. You know, we stay up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning watching TV or video games and munching, right? Sure. Sure. So if we actually went to sleep when our bodies were supposed to go to sleep, yeah. we would actually be fasting for well over 12 hours, right? Right. Um, so that's, and then, and then your body gets a chance to really rest and guess what? You're without stress for that period of time too. And that's the other thing that I think people miss, um, miscalculate in terms of their health is how much stress affects our health. Cause your body does not understand stress. 
He doesn't know what it is. Right. It's a psychological phenomenon that happens that your body doesn't even know why it's happening. So when we're under stress, your body reacts to stress as if you are under attack. So it does what it's supposed to do. First of all, it conserves, right? right. It produces cortisol in your belly. Right. So because it doesn't know that, I mean, stress could be caused by famine, right? Yeah. There's only or two. Drinking this cup of coffee. Right. Right. Well, here's the thing. What would your body be stressed under if out in, out in, in, before, okay? Okay. What would, what would stress your body? Famine would be the number one thing. I don't have anything to eat. Right. Number two would be fear. Right. Right? Like I'm getting ready to be attacked or something. Right. I'm dying. Right. Um, so those would be the two stresses on your body. So your body knows and it's built to automatically respond to those stresses. So when we're... Under stress, your body treats it like either you're under attack or you have no food. You're going to starve. So anything that's wrong with your body, any Achilles heel you have, so to speak, mm -hmm. that's where your body is going to manifest it. So let's say you have a weak lower back or something. When you're under stress, that's going to start hurting because your body's kind of assuming that that's where this is coming from. It has to be coming from pain, right? So... My suggestion to, to people is, number one, the first thing that you can do when you decide to, um, you know, go into a better life, healthier lifestyle, is to de-stress. So how do you de-stress? You're a pretty laid-back person. I exercise like a mental patient every day, and that's why, and I do yoga. That's it. I would not be like this if I didn't. And right. it's the most under-prescribed antidepressant is exercise. Absolutely. And, and what people don't understand is you, your, bot, your brain releases dopamine when you're, when you're exercising. And, and to that point, you do need to exercise to the point where you're breathing heavy, you know. Don't just go through the motions of exercise. Actually exercise to the point where your body's responding to it because that forces the brain to say flight, fright, flight or fright, right? Right, right. Fright or flight. Um, and it releases that dopamine. And that's what gets through your body. That chemical is... It is stronger than any drug out there. Way stronger than morphine. Way stronger than heroin. Way stronger than any of those drugs. And you do become addicted to it. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and that's a good thing to be addicted to. For sure. That good feeling and feeling good about yourself, there's nothing better than just, you know, coming out of a real good workout or a long run or weight training and just feeling that. I can conquer the world. Right. It has nothing to do with the way you look. Nope. Or whatever, whatever nope. they're trying to sell you. Anybody can achieve that if you just try. Yeah. And it's awesome. I mean, if people would, and if they could just get there. Right. If they could just get there. And hopefully that's what our app will help people do. You know, because the biggest problem in weight loss, Zach, is that people don't stick with it. You know, or even if you don't, you don't, exercise is not a weight loss program. That's, that's the biggest myth out there is that, oh, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to lose weight. Well, yeah, if you exercise and you don't replace those calories, you'll lose weight. Sure. But it's not a weight loss program. It's a health and wellness program. It's a quality of life program. Diet is a weight loss program. How many units of energy you're putting into your body, how many units of energy your body requires, that's a weight loss program. If you really are what you eat, then it goes back to the whole old, oldest cliche in the book, but yeah. it's so true, right? Yeah, it is. It is. 
even when in terms of stress and depression and all, all that stuff as well. Like, if you're eating McDonald's, like, you're going to feel like shit. If you eat shit, you're going to feel like shit. All right. You really are what you eat. Yep. I mean, uh, one of my favorite stories is the story of the guy who ate, I won't say his name, but the story of the guy who ate Subway uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and lost 100 pounds in a year, right? You're talking about Jeremy? Yeah. His name, right? Well, yeah, I'm just, you know. He's in prison. He's a pedophile. Well, that's what I'm saying. The the perfect example is you can eat processed food all day long and lose weight, but that doesn't change who you are as a person. That's perfect. Yeah, I think think it's definitely viable to use that example. That's actually the best one I've heard. That's great. Okay. So what what's next for you? What's next for the weight loss industry? Are you gonna you have to save it? It's your job. (laughs) <laughs> see, well, yours too. Yeah. Um, I'm here's what I, I do see. I, I really pray that uh, there are more of uh, this type of mindset. I mean, people like you doing, uh, you know, podcasts like this and getting the message out is great. But I think that's what we have to do. But this, we are going to be a technical society, and technology is going to kind of determine um, how we go from here. Um, I'm hoping, and I am seeing more visualization um, technologies emerging, um, very similar to ours. I mean, they're using avatars and things like that to kind of help people vision how they're going to uh, lose weight. There's actually reality uh, glasses that you can put on and you can envision yourself um, thinner as you exercise. So I think that's probably going to be the way. The, the, The hard part is going to be getting rid of the misinformation out there. Um, you know, but it has to, yeah, it has to start somewhere, you know, and if, um, you know, if we can get the ear of somebody who has a platform, um, that can help get the message out, that would be great. So that's what I'm hoping, uh, you know, with for you to lose is that we can get this, um, technology out there in the app stores, get it in the hands of the consumer, get more consumers, you know, getting a realistic view of how they can look at a healthier weight, um, then and then maybe just build on that. So that's that's where I'm going. So the message that I want to get out there, and the, and the mission that I'm on, is to help educate the consumer on what a realistic uh, weight loss and wellness expectation should be, and uh, offer realistic database technology in order to help them get there. We all need the help with motivation. That's what we're all about, personal trainers, right? Sure. We're about motivating somebody. They're motivated to come and see you, right? Mm-hmm. If they might hate exercise, but they want to work out with Zach, right. right? Because you're cool and they like they like to spend that time with you. So the process is working no matter what the reason behind it. So And that's what I want to do. I, I want to, to fight diabetes that it's a result of you know being overweight because I come from a family of diabetics and I have lost many family members to diabetes that did not have to happen. And so I'm on that mission and certainly weight loss is one of the number one and waste loss Mm -hmm. is one of the number one um, Mm -hmm. aspects of, um, you know, of preventing diabetes is to watch your waistline and to keep your weight down. So um, I'm going to continue on that mission and hopefully through our technology, we can continue to educate and, and motivate people to be the best that they can be. There you have it, changing the world.
punk rock style. We fight the, <laughs> man. We fight the pharmaceutical <laughs> companies. We fight fast food. That's hey man, they're they're the man, and we're sticking it to them. That's why I love we you. Are. You're a gangster. We Your are. Work ethic is insane. You inspire me. I love you. Thank you. Love, love you too. Me. And I mean it. I'm not just saying that for this.